Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hi, welcome to the Christmas Time in the City podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. Before we get started, be sure to follow us on social media. We're Christmas Time in the City podcast on Instagram and Facebook and our new YouTube channel. Be sure to check out our website, christmastimeinthecity.com. That's where you'll find our show notes, videos, and our interactive maps featuring filming locations and iconic Christmas attractions throughout the city. And, as always, feel free to email any questions or comments to us at christmastimeinthecitypodcast at gmail.com. Well, we are here. Christmas in July. We've done it. We're on the second half of the year. We're almost to Christmas. Yeah, we're more than halfway there. Yeah, we're, we're closer than we were yesterday. Yeah, I'm ready. So, before we get started, we should address the elephant in the room. We are staring at each other. Yeah. We have a new setup. We did something sort of official. Thank you. I want to thank you very much for letting me drill two giant holes in our dining room table. Yeah, that was tough. That took a lot of convincing. Yeah. But I think it was worth it. And, you know. It looks really cool. We'll post a picture at some point. Yeah, it's nice. We're, We're looking at each other. Before, we were sitting kind of next to each other so we didn't really see what the other person was uh doing while they were talking vice versa so now it's interesting to see yeah we could conversate i'm just gonna stare at you the whole time (laughs) don't stare at me the whole time this could have been a bad idea (laughs) maybe we'll put a screen up so what's on the agenda today today we're gonna be talking about the history of christmas in new york city you ready for that i think so are you ready for it i'm ready all right let's get into it New York has given the country and the world many things in its over 380-year history. The hot dog, the American musical, the martini, electric signs. But did you know it also gave us what the modern world thinks of as a traditional way to celebrate Christmas? It was New York City that pioneered the family and very child-centered holiday season that we know of today. It's not surprising since Santa Claus is New York's patron saint. The Dutch ship that brought the first settlers to Manhattan was named for St. Nicholas the patron saint of old Amsterdam, as well as children. It was originally a Dutch tradition for children to get presents on December 6th, St. Nicholas Day. They were often put in shoes or stockings of kids for them to find in the morning. The children of non-Dutch families, noticing how well the Dutch children were making out on December 6th, were soon nagging and ultimately convincing their parents to give them gifts too. Often these presents came on Christmas instead of St. Nicholas Day. Then, around the turn of the 19th century, New York City's emerging literary movement created much of the folklore of modern Christmas. Washington Irving wrote about St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas, in his book Dietrich Knickerbocker's History of New York, as a man that rode through the skies on a horse-drawn wagon, sliding down chimneys to deliver presents to children. In the 1821 American children's book, The Children's Friend, the horse-drawn wagon was changed to a reindeer and sleigh. Then in 1823, the most famous Christmas poem of them all was penned, A Visit from St. Nicholas. First published anonymously in the Troy, New York Sentinel in 1823, A Visit from St. Nicholas is now attributed to Clement Clark Moore. He was a theologian and a New Yorker whose sizable estate was located in what's now Chelsea. Although some continue to debate the work's author, Moore publicly acknowledged that the poem was his own in 1838. At the request of the New York Historical Society librarian, he penned his manuscript copy of the classic Christmas poem in 1862. Moore was about as New York as it gets. His family's Manhattan estate had been named for the Chelsea Hospital in London, and that then gave its name to the Manhattan neighborhood, which Moore developed. It was Moore who made the number of Santa's reindeer eight and gave them their unique names. 
New York merchants, seeing an opportunity to make some money, began to push the New York tradition of gift-giving, decorating their shops and windows with merchandise designed to catch the eyes of kids. They knew that the fastest way to the parents' wallet was through their children. A.T. Stewart was one of the greatest New York merchants of the time. He more or less invented the department store. He also was a major importer of dry goods and other merchandise from abroad, which he sold wholesale to stores around the country. In the midst of the Civil War, New Yorker and cartoonist Thomas Nast created the popular image of Santa. Nast's first illustrations of St. Nick were published in the January 3, 1863 edition of Harper's Weekly. The jolly character was featured visiting Union soldiers in desperate need of a morale boost. Following his initial illustration, Nast published a total of 33 Christmas drawings by 1881. His depiction standardized previously diverse illustrations of Santa Claus. Ultimately, he drew what many have come to view as the official portrait of St. Nick. Today, his image of a jolly, round, bearded old man riding a sleigh remains the enduring symbol of Christmas across the United States and beyond. By the 20th century, the New York-inspired American Christmas traditions were embraced by all, but New Yorkers kept adding to them. In 1913, a customs broker named John Duval Gluck Jr. founded the Santa Claus Association, a group responsible for answering Santa's mail in New York City. For 15 years, the association received gifts and donations from delighted New Yorkers, and Gluck himself even became something of a celebrity. In 1927, Gluck was exposed as a fraud, but that's another story. Last year, Brian Earle at the Christmas Past podcast did a six-part miniseries called My Dear Santa, based on the book The Santa Claus Man by Alex Palmer, the great-grandnephew of Gluck. We highly recommend listening. It really is a fascinating story, and Brian did an awesome job covering it. We'll post a link in the show notes and on our website. In 1940, the longtime New Yorker Irving Berlin wrote what has become the most popular Christmas song of all time, White Christmas. Nine years later, his brother-in-law Robert May and the composer Johnny Marks added a ninth reindeer to Santa's sleigh, Rudolph. This is far from a complete history of Christmas in New York City. Take a listen to some of our past episodes to learn about Rockefeller Center and much, much more. So let's take a look at the news, what's going on in the world, or more specifically, and more importantly, perhaps, in New York City. <laughs> you can't say that. Do I leave it, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the news. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about New York City news. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrown now. <laughs> <laughs> So the news in New York City, we have a couple articles. The first one is about the fireworks show, the 4th of July fireworks. It's usually over either the East River or the Hudson River, so either side of Manhattan. And it's a big fireworks show. It's filmed. Everyone watches it on the 4th of July. So obviously they didn't want crowds. They're not going to show these fireworks. So they decided to do it a little bit differently. They sent them off into five different boroughs, but on different nights. So it didn't happen on the 4th of July. And it was very last minute, so they wouldn't post about it. Until maybe, you know, right before it starts or right as it's happening because they didn't want crowds to form. But if you live in the neighborhood, they wanted you to come out and enjoy it, you know, right from your front porch kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like they, a flash mob. Yeah, like a flash mob of fireworks. And, I mean, we could talk about how annoying that is as far as there was tons of fireworks going off we for should talk months about at it. a time. I think it's kind of everywhere in the country was sort of the same thing that fireworks were just like out of control i would say for a good eight hours there was non-stop fireworks and it sounds like an exaggeration to say that yeah not even not. an exaggeration it was like eight hours straight of fireworks yeah it would go they would go off all night into so the good. morning i mean whatever people are just tired of being inside so this was an opportunity they've probably been thinking about it since march 
So, <laughs> whatever, man. It, I, it's horrible. I'm sorry if your dog's afraid of it or whatever else, but people got to blow off steam. That seemed like a, a good way to do it. And it was really bumming some people out, so that's funny to me, too. Yeah, I feel like some of the people bummed out were people that would get it on our nerves on a normal basis. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that they were angry about it. But there are people that actually have to go to work early in the morning or do have animals that is terrifying. So I get it. If it wakes up our kid, I think we'd be mad about it, too. But anyway... I digress. And let's talk about the actual fireworks show. Yes. Not everyone's personal fireworks shows that they put off for a long time. Yeah, so they've set up these fireworks very last minute. Basically surprise fireworks shows. They filmed each of them and they aired all the five different boroughs fireworks on the Macy's fireworks show. So it was didn't actually all happen that night. It happened over several nights before the 4th of July. They just put it together because they still wanted some sort of celebration to air on TV and to keep some sort of tradition alive. Yeah. So it was quite interesting. We didn't see any of the fireworks things over here. Um, I heard about it happening close by us, but I don't know. I didn't. I think we missed it. Probably missed it. But we did not miss. We didn't a miss whole bunch fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> we did not miss eight hours of continuous fireworks. No, they were right out our window. Um, definitely on Fourth of July, it was pretty nuts. They were everywhere. So it was kind of cool because we don't usually get yeah. that many fireworks. On I hope of July. no one hurt themselves. I didn't hear about anybody who hurt themselves. So let's just assume that no one did, and they all had a great time. Yeah, I'd like to assume that. All right, what's next? The second one is about... We're in phase four, baby. Phase four. Phase four. New York City's in phase four as of middle of July. I don't know what that means for <laughs> later on if things close back down. So don't you know quote me on that. This is the middle of July. So New York City was cleared Friday to take the next step in the reopening phase, allowing movie and TV crews to film, which is really great. Uh, zoos to welcome reduced crowds, which we're really excited about as well. Professional sports teams are going to be able to play, but to empty seats. No uh, fans in the seats quite yet. And visitors are allowed to return to the Statue of Liberty. They just can't go inside of it, but they can go to the island. But malls, museums, and indoor restaurant dining is still off limits. So not a complete reopening of Phase 4, but definitely edging our way in there and getting some things to still do during the summer you know mm -hmm. we need some activities to do that are outside and safe uh so yeah that's pretty cool i'm i'm really happy that new york is leading the way now we were so far behind to start off with that i feel pretty proud of where we've come to at this point yeah I mean, we still have a ways to go but we're we i sure feel like do. we're doing the right thing as of now as of now we're doing good something something to be proud of yeah it's we're been all, a, a long time. We're all wearing time. our masks and such. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're all, but no. in this household a, we are. <laughs> a majority of people are wearing their masks, and I think that if a majority of people do, then that uh, decreases the likelihood of whatever happening happening. And so, Yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious of what's yeah. going on here. People are out there wearing their masks, and we're declining in numbers. So wear a mask, please. All right. Wear a mask. But that's our news. Oh, Phase 4, yay for us. Fourth of July fireworks. Still had a show. So that's kind of good uh, looking forward into the future as far as, you know, Thanksgiving Day Parade and, you know, certain Christmas activities. Like, they're still going to try to keep some sort of these traditions alive. So that's kind of good yeah, looking into the future. Yeah, it'll just be kind of a distanced version of it, which yeah, is fine. But it'll still be there. So, you know. You can't take away Christmas. No, sir. All right. So let's get into some mail. You've got listener mail. This one's from Kyle from Encino, California. Have you ever been to Coney Island for the hot dog eating competition? It looks like a wild time. Any thoughts about doing an episode about Coney Island? I've always wanted to go. Maybe next year. 
We have. We went a bunch of years ago. We went. I don't think we only went once. Maybe we went twice. I think we just did the once. I think I would remember if we did it twice. Yeah, I think we we did it and we said, "Great, we did we it." We did it. <laughs> and you don't normally have to go back. Yeah, we're uh, not we're not ones for like huge packed in crowds. For those that don't know, the uh, hot dog eating competition is at Nathan's Hot Dogs in Coney Island on the Fourth of July. I think eleven o'clock or ten o'clock in the morning, which is probably too early to eat. 70 hot dogs it's too early to eat one hot dog <laughs> probably and so we went a bunch of years ago and we took the train out and as soon as you get off the train it's just like packed which is mm-hmm. just a sea of people a, it's an indicator of how horrible it's going to be when you get there so we kind of got off the train and found our way over to nathan's which is right by the train station and watched people eat hot dogs for two minutes or yeah it was really quick um i don't know i had a good time though i think we got there in time we didn't have to stand around for a long time. You know, it was like we got there. People were walking around stilts. We, we weren't there for the pregame. No, we weren't there for the pregame. Um, yeah, people were walking around stilts. Everyone was having a good time. People were just celebrating. And then they did the contest. Everyone cheered. And then it cleared out like in an instant. Yeah, people got out of there, which is great because then we went and got a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> which you think would be totally impossible to get a hot dog. But it was very, very possible to get a hot dog. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there were any seats available. I think we sat on the sidewalk. But who cares? It was yeah, 4th of fine. July. It's it was New great. York. New York City, baby. We sit on the on the we sit on the sidewalk out here, eat hot dogs. <laughs> I thought I had a really good time. Um, I'm glad that we did it. I don't know if we would do it again. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the future to bring um, our kid, but I we'll see. I, I doubt it. But as far <laughs> um, as your question goes about doing an episode, I think we are. We're going to do some episodes about some summer attractions from the past and from the present in the next couple episodes as we lead up to the burr months and then once that happens we'll probably be doing at least two episodes a month and then december i think we're just gonna bombard you guys <laughs> we have a lot of really cool stuff planned for october especially and as we're going on so yeah look forward to a lot of christmas content from us and from other christmas podcasts it's always nice to hear other christmas podcasts because sometimes i am not in the mood to make a christmas podcast <laughs> and so to hear other people put one out it's like oh good I get re-energized to want to give it another shot. Yeah. Brings you back in the spirit. One more month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But going back to the mail, I would say you definitely need to come next year. Um, Coney Island is really fun in general. So even not for 4th of July, hot dog eating contest, I think is definitely worth a visit. Yeah. Okay. So that leads us to our newest segment on the podcast, Christmas Confessional. I love you. <laughs> he really? worked on that for so What do you think long. about it? <laughs> what do you think about it before we go? What do I think about it? Yeah. I think it's great. Scale of one to ten. I would say it's like a ten. Thanks. I really appreciate your support. You're welcome. I did that twice. The first one did not come out good at all. <laughs> no, it didn't. This I would say the out... first one was a two. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> I couldn't understand anything that I was saying. <laughs> yeah. I had like tweaked the, the sound so much that it didn't sound like, it didn't even sound like words anymore. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's great. You're doing a good job. Yeah, that's from the grassroots. Check them out. And Paul McCartney, I guess. Anyway, so Christmas confessional. I think we'll do one or two an episode. We'll see how it goes. Um, basically, what we're doing is we're compiling people's Christmas confessions something that they may feel some type of shame about it's all anonymous I guess we we kind of know but if you email us and don't say 
who you are and it's you have some strange email and we'll probably won't know so there's ways around it but we're compiling them now we have a few and it's basically the stuff you want to kind of get off your chest yeah we're gonna do we'll read a couple of what we got and then we'll see if maybe we have any i think i may volunteer you for one volunteer me for one here we go okay <laughs> this one the, this first one i kind of agree we'll see this one is this seems like an unpopular opinion, but I don't really care for the Rankin Bass Christmas specials. I don't know. I like those specials. I feel it just has a sense of like Christmas past, you know. I tend to like them. I'm not going to watch them all day long and get too in- involved and invested in them, but um, I'll throw one 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 on wrapping presents. Yeah, I I don't think they were really like shown to me as a kid. Like they weren't like available necessarily, so like they're not really part of my christmas so i kind of agree with this person like they're fun to watch but they don't evoke that like christmas nostalgia which they do for some people they're still fun I, i'd rather watch them than something non-christmas during the holidays so. right that's that all right this is in kind of the same vein this one is i've never seen it's a wonderful life i don't know why it wasn't played more when i was a kid as an adult it kind of looks boring <laughs> i kind of get that again too yeah, I mean, we don't watch that really every year. You know, it's not a classic that we. Some people tend would to even debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. That's for other podcasts to discuss. Yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. It may not be uh, as in your face and jumpy as like Elf or something like that, where it's it's a little bit more like slow paced, I guess maybe. Or I, yeah. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Yeah, we tend to get used to the in-your-face Christmas movies now, you know. Even with National Lampoon, like, it's just, it's funny things happening constantly, or just bright and shiny, and it, like, it brings you joy as soon as the music starts playing. Where it's a lot of life, it's more of like a, I guess it's more of a serious story, you know, heartfelt. It's a vibe. It's a tough one. It's a vibe. I've been saying it's a vibe a lot. It's a vibe. (laughs) But you're not alone there. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same. I wouldn't uh, feel too bad about that one. Okay. Well, those are our two. You gotta send some in. Yeah, send some more in, and we'll uh, talk about them on the podcast. So, if you don't want to, it's okay, fine. I don't care. If you don't do it again, it's fine. At least I had fun making the intro. <laughs> I want to hear I'm, some juicy ones. You I'm know? adding the intro to my Christmas playlist. I want to know about, like, regifting. I want to know about, like, presents you didn't like. I want to know about... Oh, you, you know, know what? All that Let's, kind of stuff. I teased it. I'm nominating you for a Christmas confessional. I'm confessing on your behalf... And I think we should talk about eggnog for a few minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Well, you can't say my confessional. Then you then you can confess. You've already confessed to me. Okay. I didn't taste eggnog until maybe, what, 10 years ago? I didn't have it as a child, and I always thought it was um, buttermilk. <laughs> I always thought it was just like egg in milk. Um, like the most literal definition, just mm-hmm. that it was just... Like egg, yeah, eggnog. I felt was like a buttermilk kind of drink. Like, ugh, why would I want to drink that? No one really gave it to me when I was like, no, I don't think anyone in my family ever drank eggnog, so they weren't like, here, try this. I mean, obviously not with alcohol as a kid, but we drink it just without alcohol anyway. Yeah, we don't usually put alcohol in it. Yeah, we just enjoy eggnog. So with that, tell us about the first time you had eggnog. (laughs) It was pretty mind blowing. I remember you giving it to me, 
And I, like, I could still taste it and, like, picture it in my head. And, like, like, I had been drinking it for, like, years before this as well. Yeah. So you yeah. were aware that it was in the house. But yeah. You're just like, no, I don't want any. Yeah, I'm not touching that. No way. And then, uh, <laughs> you had me try it. And it basically is just this delicious vanilla milk drink. Yeah. It's, al- it's almost like, like melted ice cream. Yeah, it's just, just melted like ice cream. a delicious melted ice cream drink. <sighs> I missed out on so many years of... A good Christmas beverage, but you know, I'm happy I know about it now. <laughs> and I yeah. guess that's like a vegetable. Now you can get back into it. There's a lot of weird food things like that, I think, from my childhood, but we'll delve into those in future Christmas confessions. Yeah, sorry guys, <laughs> but I like eggnog now. And so that's it for this episode. Another one in the can. This one's recorded in our apartment, like all the other ones in the Big Apple, New York City. If you like this podcast, do us a favor and take a minute to rate it and write a review. Contact us and let us know you did, and we'll send you three stickers and a thank you note. Ooh, three stickers. Three stickers. Very Maybe four cool. if one gets stuck to another one. <laughs> yeah, that tends to happen. Uh, free stickers. So subscribe now and follow us on social media so we can keep the conversation going and keep you posted about new episodes. Until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. And this is Christmas Time in the City.